What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's either late Tuesday, early Wednesday. Uh, we'll say what, March 27th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 395. That's right, guys, five away from uh, another milestone, 400 times doing this shit, talking to you guys, and uh, loving every minute of it. I hope everybody is well, hope everybody is uh, had a good time in between shows. And uh, I got a great show, a lot of stuff to talk about. I saw a movie that I want to review and talk about on the show, a ton of stuff in sports. Um, I, I had a great experience at Madison Square Garden that I want to talk about uh, that I did this week. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. Oh, and apparently one of my jokes came to, uh, came to fruition. So uh, I'll get I'll get into that. I'll get into that as well. Uh, unacceptable, you guys, all that stuff. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be. But first, uh, I have to thank everybody who came out to Bananas Comedy Club this weekend. I had such a great time on Friday and Saturday. Did one show on Friday, two on Saturday, and uh, cannot thank you guys enough, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, how many of you guys came out. Um... First show Saturday was almost it was really close to sold out all the way to the back. Friday you always worry about just because it's you know sometimes your fans wait till Saturday. You, you never know on a Friday people get off of work they and uh, Friday turnout was amazing. I had such a good time on Friday um, and and late show Saturday was great. So I can't even thank you guys enough. Um, I truly appreciate you guys coming out. It was amazing how many people came out that listened to the podcast. It was amazing how many people have seen me, you know, perf- perform before, knew my special, knew. It's just kind of, it's just kind of nuts, man. I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm not even gonna try to act, you know, uh, like not humble on it or like I expect it, because you know what, it, it's crazy. You know, I remember, you know, I had the pleasure of opening for Patrice O'Neill, Rest His Soul at Bananas, and um, just so many people. I was, you know, John Panette at the Bananas in Poughkeepsie, Rest His Soul. You got to keep fucking saying that. But, um, you know, the thing about Bananas is it's been around since, you know, I joke around. It's like, you know, it's off of Route 17 at a Holiday Inn. But that comedy club has literally been around since the mid-80s. It's been around forever. So to like, you know, perform there when you got, you know, know like Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld and um, my buddy and, and mentor Bill Burr and all these people have done bananas. Um, oh yeah, I also opened for Sebastian there. I opened for Sebastian. I opened for Patrice. I opened for a bunch of people. So, uh, and I remember like seeing the parking lot when those guys would, um, when those guys would, would do it. And I remember being like, man, it must be so cool to see the parking lot filled and, you know, a lot of people come out to see you. And then to have that same thing happen was amazing. So thank you guys again. You guys know who you are. Uh, I enjoyed talking with you. I enjoyed any kind of um, meet and greet pictures and all that stuff was was amazing. So uh, thank you and thank you to Bananas. They were so great to uh, to work with again and it was a pleasure. So there you go. I uh, hope to see you there again soon. Uh, I am going to be uh, in New York uh, at Gotham later on this year. So now I'm expecting you motherfuckers who went to Bananas to come out to that shit too. Imagine I was that. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm thanking you, but you better come out to this shit. All right? I got tickets to sell, bitch. Um, anyway, did you guys see that Cardi B video? Listen, I don't care what anybody says. That's some evil shit. Like, that is some evil shit, Cardi B said. You hear what she said about that? She said that, you know, there's other ways you could get back at your boyfriend if he cheats on you. You don't have to go and and fuck another man to get back at him. You could get him all drugged up. She, She actually said this. And I'm just saying, like, if, and I'm not trying to be a dick here, but if a dude said that, that would be fucking ridiculous. She said that she would get them all drugged up or perked up and just twisted out, fucked up, and then have a threesome, but make sure that the third person she brought in to have sex with them and to give them blowjobs was a tranny. 
And she's like, that's how you get. And I was just like, holy shit. That is some like stone cold, premeditated, cold blooded shit. To be like kissing on a dude and all nice and give him drugs and then bring in a tranny to suck his dick and then tell him that the next day. Like that's fucking ice cold. It's like, or Cardi, how about you break up with the guy? <laughs> Has anybody thought of that? I love how it's always, it's like, that's how the fuck you get back at him. It's like, or you could say you cheated on me, you piece of shit. I'm done with you. How about that? How about you? You don't, you don't have to fucking drug a guy up and bring in a dude dressed in drag to suck his dick or whatever the fuck it is. You know, they, whatever you want to call it, a transsex, transgender, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what, I'd be honest with you, I don't know what's appropriate to even say about stuff like that. But I do know this. Saying that is some cold shit. And if a dude said that, think about what she said. You drug him. She was giving instructions. You drug him. Perk him up. And then bring a, she said, bring a tranny in there to have sex with him and do it. That's how you get back. And I was like, wow. Um, you know, that's, let's just hope to God my kids don't get a hold of that video. Uh, <laughs> Daddy, What's Cardi B talking about when she says twist a guy out and then bring in a tranny? Um, you know what? You got to talk to your mother because I I really don't even know what to say to that. Uh, <laughs> what do you say to your kids about, you know, getting perked out, twisted out and drugged and, you know, and then have a tranny come to the room and Cardi B said it? I don't even know. Uh, but I'm not the biggest Cardi B fan, so. Uh, as far as like the music goes, I think that there's a lot of people that can do what she does. Not trying to be a dick either. I'm really not, but I, that's just how I feel about that particular, that particular music. Um, I forgot to thank people last week and I'm, and I'm, th th this is my unacceptable. I forgot to thank the 121 restaurant, uh, up in Northern Westchester who, uh, allowed us to do my wife's a birthday party there. They were so amazing. They were, they just, they treated us amazing. They were generous with everything. They were accommodating with everything. So shout out to uh, Terry, the GM Terry over there at the 121 restaurant in uh, North Salem, New York. Uh, such a great job for my wife's 40th uh, birthday party uh, the day before we flew to um, the Bahamas. So I just wanted to shout them out support them. They're amazing. They had, they made sure everybody had a drink in their hand. They kept coming. They were generous. They were just, um, you know, it was just an excellent, excellent night and the service and the accommodate, uh, and how accommodating they were, were just great. So shout out to them. Shame on me. That's unacceptable for the week. I know I was talking about the Bahamas and our vacation and I had other shit to talk about, but you can't forget that. So unacceptable for the week is this dickhead talking to you right now, forgetting the amazing job that the restaurant 121 did for my wife's 40th. So if they're listening to this, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm a dick. I got preoccupied talking about other things last week and I didn't shout out how great of a job you guys did. All right. So there you go. Go support them. Thank you. And it's funny. I told my wife. Uh, I told my wife, I was like, yeah, I was talking about the Bahamas trip on the, um, on the podcast. And she goes, oh, well, did you thank 121? You did that, right? And I was like, fuck. And she's like, Paul, you didn't do that? You didn't thank 121 on the, and I'm going like, oh my God, I will. I will, you know, I still try to get out of it. I will, you know, I still got time. <laughs> 121's not going anywhere. The podcast isn't going anywhere. I can still do that. And she was like, you better do that. So I made it a, I made it a point to write down. And to, uh, to definitely shout those guys out. Unacceptable on my part. Um, I will say uncharacteristic on my part. So let's not shit on me too much here. Alright. Let's not fucking get too crazy. But I definitely dropped the ball. Uh, I definitely dropped the ball with that one. Um, so. Moving on. I got to tell you guys. An, a sick story that happened in Madison Square Garden. I cannot thank the garden enough. Uh, I went to Madison Square Garden on Monday night, all right? So uh, Stacy's uncle, my wife's uncle, Bob, cool guy, great guy. Bob comes over for Christmas. And the last couple of Christmases, the last Christmas, I was like, oh, you know, he's a big Ranger fan. And I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not really the biggest hockey guy. 
you know, I definitely I'll root for for you know the the local hockey teams, and I love seeing hockey live. And I have a really close friend who's a you know Joe Bartnick is just a die hard Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Ironically, the Rangers that's who they were playing when we went. So anyway, I told uh, Uncle Bob, I go, we'll go to a game. And then that year, it got too late and we didn't make it. So then on this Christmas, this past one, I said, we're going to go. And I said, I'm making good on this. We're going to do this. So I had a couple different options to get tickets, right? I had a couple different hookups. Or I'll just go to StubHub or SeatGeek last minute or call the box off, find out what they got available. And I'll just pay for the tickets, whatever. So before I do that, my buddy uh, says, don't do that. Hold on. Let me, uh, he's got a relationship with the garden and he says, let me, uh, contact the garden for you and we'll see what happens. And all of a sudden I get this confirming email that goes, uh, that goes, um, oh yeah, we'd love to hook up Paul with the uh, two tickets and this and that and just tell him to come through the VIP and he'll get the, the suite to eat in and stuff. And this is like only for like the owner's uh, friends and executives and all kinds of shit like that. So like you general public can't get this. So I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, I was, you know, told them I'll take them to this game and, and this will be a great experience. We get to the garden. Okay. We go through the VIP thing. I, uh, yeah, you know, we go, we go, they take us in the elevator. They take us up to suite 200. That's private. There's like a dinner up there that starts at six o'clock. The game starts at seven. They got sushi up there. There's a bar, that, yeah, everything. We get up there. They know my name. Then somebody working there goes, oh, my God, we saw you perform here. Great set. I'm just going like, oh, shit. Like, this is, <laughs> I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. You know, I didn't expect them to know me, to know who. I thought I was just some dude getting tickets. But I think maybe that's why we got hooked up. And I was just like, this is nuts. They were so nice to us. Then. After we're done having some drinks and eating this amazing food, they take us back in the elevator, downstairs, on the ice, up to our seats, which are right behind the Rangers bench. I mean, if we were any closer, we would I would have been a fucking sub for the Rangers. I'm not even kidding. If we're, I, I couldn't even believe it. And then during during uh, the, the intermissions, you go down and there are suites that you walk in that are just fully catered bartender, everything, and you just get treated like royalty. It was the sickest experience ever. And I'm really not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because I didn't expect this shit. And I was just like, this is incredible. They had my name on this manifest. Then it said like Paul Verzi, and then it said like special on Comedy Central. I'll say this, and I was under like this thing. And I was just like, oh my God, I got to do another special just for this shit. I mean, it was... I was literally like, you know, um, anyway, hold on. My neighbor's texting me. You know, I'm the worst. This is how bad I am, just so you guys know. This is how last minute and fucking aloof. I don't know if it's comedians, just me, probably a combination of both. I have a meeting. I have a big, important meeting today in Long Island, right? I didn't figure I needed a babysitter to get my kids off the bus. So I'm literally like, as I'm doing this shit, texting people, hey, can you watch the kids? And like, I got to leave in two hours and I'm acting like, or, or leave it. And, and I like, I'm trying to figure, try to find a babysitter, but my neighbor just, uh, hooked it up. So, um, anyway, yeah, I'm the worst. I'm the worst, but don't tell my wife that. And my wife probably is not going to listen to this podcast. So, uh, unless she wants to hear if I thanked 121, but if she hears that, she goes, like, you took this fucking long. And I don't need that right now, guys. I don't. I don't need to hear that fucking, you know. All right, let's get back to what I was saying. So it was an amazing experience. Um, we were in that, like Gene Simmons from Kiss was in there. The guy who played big on Sex in the City, he was in there. I was sitting next to some girl who was in, um, or woman, I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. God forbid you say girl. I just meant the sex. I wasn't trying to be a dick. Sorry, trigger word. The chick who's on the Big Bang Theory, who was fucking Blossom. You know her name, whatever her fucking name is. She said, yeah, it should be illegal for a man to call a woman a girl. And I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm, really? Should it be? Should it be illegal for, should it be illegal 
for a man to say, girl, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the sex. I'm not looking at it like that, you fucking hypersensitive lunatics. All right? Sorry. I was sitting next to a woman, everybody, a woman who played, uh, she was on uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, she was on for like five seasons. And uh, of course, I forgot her name. And then there was just like a modeling agency there. There's like models there and stuff. So it was just one of those. But these people, this is how you get the, like the tickets and stuff. You got to either know somebody or, you know, whatever. But anyway, it was so sick to get that experience because I literally thought I was just getting two tickets and we would have decent seats. And we got this amazing, if you are like love the garden, you got to find out, you got to have somebody that has a hookup to do this. You got to experience this because it was nuts. It was such a great time. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, I'm not even a hockey guy and this is nuts. If this was the Knicks, I would have just, I'd have been walking around with a boner, a straight up rager. I just would have had a raging. <laughs> How weird would that be? If I'm just walking around with like a raging heart on because I'm just like, no, dude, I can't believe this is incredible. I'm so close to the court. That would be weird for many different reasons. Um, but no, we had a great time, Madison Square Garden. Thank you, MSG, for the hookup. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get more tickets after I do another special shit. And speaking of my special... Somebody sent me something. Shout out to Vishu. Oh, by the way, I actually I need to do this too. The shout out to Kevin Ryan who uh, opened for me at Bananas. He did a great, great job. I know Bananas will have him back. So shout out to Kevin Ryan. Funny comic, support him. He's a comic from Philly. Uh, super cool, super uh, funny, and just like I love working with people like that. Funny, cool, get it. Can talk to them easy. Not a fuck. You know what I mean? Um, so shout out to him. Also, uh, Rich, Rich, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to fuck up his last name. So you can just look on Instagram, um, what his last name was. It's, it's a, a different type of last name, but Rich did such a great job. I believe he's from originally from, uh, DC. Uh, I hope I'm right about that, but if I'm, if I'm not, it's, uh, I'm, I suck, but shout out to Rich. And then, uh, Vishu came in on a Saturday night and he did a, a guest he did a guest spot, and he did a great job. So it was a great show, but he just hit me up, and he said, Paul, uh, I just saw the news that the Donald Trump administration is cutting funding for the Special Olympics. Made me think of your joke. You nailed the joke. If you guys remember my joke from I'll Say This about Trump, I said Trump will come out and say we're stopping funding for blind children. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, this is out there. So I just posted it up, and I said, dude, I called it. Um, apparently the Trump administration <laughs> on the same week that Donald Trump gets exonerated or whatever it is saying that there's no collusion with Russia and, and he's at least in good graces again, it comes out that they're cutting funding for the special Olympics. Guys, you can't make this shit up. You can't write this shit. Like, are you kidding me? Just think about that. It's like, no, we're stuck, you know, it's, I, I've never seen a guy or an administration shoot themselves in the foot when it's just unnecessary to do so. It's like, I told you, <laughs> I told you there was no collusion with Russia. Okay. Now, I don't care that these morons run in a race. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's, ins I just don't understand it. I just don't, I mean, who cuts funding for the Special Olympics? It's one of the most, it's really one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. It's, 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 but if you don't laugh at it, it's hilarious. I don't know how it's not funny. It's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's just, yeah. I mean, guy, you know, talk shit about uh, people that are gone. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And yet somehow I don't hate the guy, but I don't like the guy. I've never had a guy like this before. Like, I don't like Trump, but like, there's something hilarious that I don't hate him. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous. I literally watched this shit and, 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 and this is in a completely non-political way. Okay. Cause you guys know my stance on this shit, but I literally just watch it. Like I'm watching like an interesting movie. 
and and there are parts where you kind of tilt your head and squint your eyes, and then there are parts where you open your eyes and your mouth is open. You're going, holy shit, that just happened. This like that's how I'm watching this. Do you understand how funny cutting funding for the Special Olympics is? It's one of the most ridiculously hilarious things I've ever heard a president do. (laughs) Wasn't there, hey Donnie, wasn't there another place you could take a little money from? It wasn't there another place that you could, we could have cut. It's just, you know, how about giving these people, these amazing people with disabilities, uh, 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 just a platform where they don't have to worry now, what, what are they going to, how are you going to take money? What are they going to have, like, the metals aren't going to be real or they're going to have, like, shittier gear or, what are you doing? I don't even get it. I really don't. It's just funny to me. But also very unacceptable. Um, because how'd that meeting go? How do you think that meeting went when it was like, okay, what could we cut? I'm sorry, I can't do a good Trump right now. My voice is out of whack. So whatever, but he's just sitting there like, what could we do? Well, Mr. President, we can, uh, you know, we we could cut back on some uh, military stuff. No, no. All right. Um, Maybe, what do you got, what do you think? Maybe if we, um, you know, cut some funding with um, foreign policy stuff. What if there was something that we could do to maybe get a little bit? No, no. All right. Let me, um, how about this? You know, the special, Olymp- <laughs> the special Olympics, you want to take from that and stop funding that? Yes, let's do that. Let's break the hearts of people whose only fucking dream was to, to do something that they were told is impossible. And now there's a platform to do it. <laughs> it's, I don't, I'm not even trying to be a dick. I never heard of something. Oh God. And here's a fucked up thing. I can't defend this. You know, so now if I'm talking to somebody that I think is unreasonable about about politics or Trump, because there are, right? There are people that are unreasonable and shit. You know, they'd be like, no, fuck that. He likes chocolate. How could you eat chocolate? Fuck that. This guy likes, I'm never eating chocolate. This guy likes pizza. Fuck, what kind of piece of shit eats pizza? If that piece of shit, like I'm talking, there are sick people like that, right? That are just nuts like that. But now if one of them go, who cuts funding for the Special Olympics? I can't even, I can't even, like, that part of me that is, like, in the middle, you know, that, that the, the, the non-Democrat, the non-Republican, this independent way that I like to think. And, you know, I like to put myself in everybody's shoes or try to find a point in everybody's, you know, thought process. I can't with this. There's nothing that I, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can do. Cut, I don't want those kids in a pool. Okay, just <laughs> let's just go to a soccer track. Let them run around. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm in a little goofy mood right now. I'm tired, and I'm actually pissed off that I'm going to be in the car. And then I have a midnight show at the cellar tonight, and I have two meetings before that. It's going to be an absolute shit show for me today. Um, but I had to give you guys. I wanted to give you guys this thing. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, so here's a couple announcements. Uh, Episode 400 is going to be live, and it is going to be either at Gotham Comedy Club or the Fat Black Pussycat. And um, that's fun to say. The Fat Black Pussycat uh, at the cellar. Around the corner from the original cellar, but you guys know the cellar has three rooms. The Comedy Cellar, The Village Underground, and The Fat Black. So I want this uh, TVE to be very kind of small and and um, just private with, not private, but like I want like the real fans, the real fans of me, the real fans of the, of the, of the podcast to be there. And I'm going to have some special guests that uh, I'm, I was going to do one, now I might do two, but either way it's going to be dope and... Uh, it's going to be, I believe, either April 29th, April, or um, what's it called? May 1st or 2nd in the city. So I'm working on the, the definites, but that's when it's going to be. So I will let you guys know, and uh, it's going to be really dope. And um, and then the, the Patreon, uh, we're going to announce what we're doing, me and uh, Jerry. Me and Jerry Ferrara, everybody, we're looking to do a Patreon. I don't know if I told you guys that, this, but uh, if you guys know Jerry, Jerry was a uh, turtle from Entourage, but he's 
He's a lot more than that to me. No, he's a great dude, super sports fan, and we're looking to do, uh, starting in um, the beginning of May, late April, beginning of May, we are going to start doing a uh, sports podcast, and we're really excited about that, so I will let you guys know um, when that is going to happen. So those are two announcements for you. There you go. A couple of announcements on TVE 395. Uh, watch the whole thing goes to shit and I got no it's uh, everything is in the works everything is looking good but uh, those are that's what's going on so uh, you guys could check out the the patreon I was going to do a patreon after the garden just because of the sick experience that we had but I was just like you know what I'll uh, I'll wait I'll wait to tell uh, to, to tell everybody that I keep the other stuff I'll do a little more private stuff on the other one um so Let's see if you guys, well, you guys wrote into the show. And uh, and again, if you guys have any, um, what's it called? If you guys have any, like, advice shit you want to talk about on the podcast, hit me up uh, and we could do that for sure. I'd love to do that, actually. Just uh, submit your question or submit, you know, obviously where you submit them to the unacceptables, unacceptables for uh, TVE at Gmail. And um, yeah, because we'll just, We'll just fucking lay it out there, and you know, obviously, if you don't want your name said or anything like that, you just want me to read and give advice, or you think other people listen and they'll know who you're talking about, then you could just type "don't don't say you know don't say that," and um, we go from there. All right, here we go. Uh, this is from Taylor, and this is a Us movie review. So I did not see Us. I don't know if this is going to ruin anything, but I don't care. I'm a grown-up, so I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this movie review from the movie Us by Taylor. I'm still going to see the movie sometime, but here we go. All right. Uh, Hey, Paul. Thanks for the endless laughs at work while I do deliveries working for FedEx. Uh, yours and other comedian podcasts make my day fly by. Anyway, I saw the movie Us. Well, thank you. I'm glad you listened, uh, Taylor. I appreciate it. Saw the movie Us, and it was easily uh, top five all-time horror movie. I've never seen any other movie like it. Wow. Uh, and was completely astonished and shocked at the mastery Jordan Peele was able to portray with this movie. Uh, it was phenomenal. This guy is the next big thing in Hollywood. I absolutely loved Get Out and consider that an all-time favorite. But I think Us is even better. It had all the aspects of a true horror masterpiece, uh, true horror masterpieces, uh, and then some I've never witnessed before. I was just marveling at the quality of its days after the fa- uh, marveling of its quality. Uh, Jesus, Paul. I was just marveling at the quality of it days after uh, the fact, even. Uh, A must-see for all horror or even movie fans. Also, the new Halloween movie, I thought, had really awesome vintage aspects uh, throwing back to the old films, as well as some new aspects I didn't care for as much. Overall, a great add to the franchise, and Jamie Lee Curtis returning was the highlight of that movie. Uh, Thanks, and keep crushing it, Taylor. Taylor! Thank you. That is awesome. You gave a good review without giving anything away. I'm looking forward to seeing us. I thought Get Out was incredibly um, original, and I think that that's what Hollywood needs right now is original scripts and you know stuff that people talk about that's never been done before as opposed to let's remake this, let's remake Transformers, let's remake Ghostbusters. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do a 30-year sequel to this. Let's do... And, and not that that's not bad. I get it. They think people are going to come out. They want people to come out. But, you know, what Jordan Peele is doing, it, the fact that he was able to do what he did in um, Get Out, and now uh, people are saying Us is incredible and stuff. I only heard I only heard one, one negative thing about Us. Somebody saying it wasn't nearly as good as this and that, but I heard other people say Jordan Peele's two for two. Um, I'm not really... I think when I when I look at my movie like reviews and what I like in movies, I'm not really hard to please as long as it's just really good dialogue, good acting, like and the story is original and good, I'm all for it. Like I'm not like trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to find something. You know what I mean? Um if there are really bad holes in the movie, then yeah. But um 
you know, I I want it to be good. I'm not one of those cynical looking for something bad. And from what I'm hearing, I, I'm excited. And your review definitely made me more excited. So uh, hopefully by the next podcast, I would have already saw it. I think I'm going to see it uh, this weekend for sure. Uh, so thank you for that. And I have a movie that I saw on Netflix that I really, really want to review. And I'm going to talk about it. It was uh, kind of interesting. And uh, I wanted to uh, explain that to you guys and then have you guys write in and tell me what you saw, uh, thought of it. All right. Um, this one, this is, this one is from Bob and Bob, this one is called gambling. Paul, you cracked me up talking about sneaking another hundred from the casino ATM on 394. Uh, a few years back at a casino in Vegas, I ran out of my share of gambling cash, but was still feeling it. I snuck over to the ATM uh, as I'm begging this machine to hurry up. My wife catches me at the ATM, and she's got uh, one of the gambling addiction pamphlets <laughs> in her hand. She busted me good. It was actually really funny, and we still laugh about it now. Uh, now, an over looked unacceptable gambling with your spouse at the same blackjack table it's it's funner for her but i just see her wiping out my winnings when she loses or uh sneering at her when she wins uh when she hits when she shouldn't the more i think about it gambling is terrible thanks bob yes on all accounts i agree a hundred percent uh, first of all, what I wanted to do with my wife, we were playing roulette, right? And we play certain numbers when we play roulette, you know, and there's always like five or six numbers I always, always play. And I can't say the numbers on my podcast because I'm superstitious. So I know that sounds ridiculous and I know that there's only 30 something numbers and you're like, what, you think nobody's ever going to, no, I know it, but I just don't want to put it out there to the universe that that's my numbers because I feel like if I do, I have less of a chance to win and I know that's psychotic and crazy, but that's just how my mind works. Anyway, the four or five numbers, we started seeing them hit on other machines. So then I'm going, oh, well, this birthday, look, that just hit. So I told my wife, I was like, why don't you take some money? You go play the four or five numbers on that table. I'll play the four or five numbers on this table. And then we got more sh- more up, more chances for that number to hit. And she just wasn't feeling it. And I couldn't see my wife like have to like bull her way through people, get, you know, get singles or fives and then just start playing and like leave my wife in that situation. Like what kind of piece of shit on like your wife's birthday? All right, you go to that table. You do anything you can. I'll be over here. And my wife is like, I, this is just my 40th birthday. Can we just get a glass of wine and relax and spend time together? You fucking psychopath. Um, so yeah. And she, you know, she laughed too. She goes, where did you get that hundred? And I go, you know, I found it. I think I found it in my wallet. She goes, you think you found it in your wallet. And I go, all right, fine. I went to the ATM real quick when you went to the bathroom. And we laughed about it too. But uh, yes, gambling is terrible. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest, man. I heard of something really sad where um, people lose a lot of shit, man. They lose everything. They ask. They borrow. They say this and that. They need They need to. It's just a really bad situation people get themselves into. And, um, yeah, I, so I don't, you know, I don't ever want to like downplay it. Cause like looking at it, like it's a drug or alcohol is a weird thing to do. Cause you're like, well, what do you mean? Just don't fucking take the Sacramento Kings tonight. But for them, it's like that feeling of like having that action is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, if you have a glass of wine with dinner and you feel good and then you want another glass of wine and then like you and that becomes your thing. Yeah, you could become an alcoholic or, or are an alcoholic for doing that and you're hurting yourself. Um, I guess physically you're hurting yourself and, you know, you, you, you're losing control of something. But the feeling it gives you is something you want to keep doing. That's the same shit for somebody that's got money on a game. Like somebody that, that can win money and, and they get that feeling of like it's like a drug when they have a lot of money. And it is definitely sad. And I heard of stories, man, where people lose everything. People get fucked up. You know, people get fucking, you know, I knew people that were getting their limbs broken and shit. And they come in with excuses. Oh, yeah, I went skiing. And I'm like, you didn't go skiing. You're fucking 500 pounds, you fucking liar. 
Where do you ski? They wouldn't even give you fucking skis. You need to... You only ski... Yeah, you'd need a fucking picnic table to stand on to go down a fucking mountain. You you lying mess. You, you got your arm or leg broken because you didn't pay the vig. That's what it was. You didn't fucking skiing. Yeah. <laughs> These fat, out of shape guys breaking. But yeah, I was uh, doing, you know... <laughs> I was doing ballet, you know, I broke some toes, broke my leg doing ballet. It's like, no, you didn't pay the VIG because you always talk about gambling and now all of a sudden you're coming in with, a, with your arm in a sling. Um, it's scary for sure. But uh, that being said, I like a little bit of action in a casino or, you know, 100 or 2 on a game. That's what I never understood. I want to talk about that too. What? When is it a problem, right? When is it a problem? Is it, Are you a... Are you an alcoholic or a drug addict if, I guess I just don't know when it's a problem. I know, you know, people like, well, if you could have a couple of cocktails socially and leave it at that and not drink for a few days or not drink for weeks and then go do that again, you're fine. It's not a problem. You're a social drinker or whatever. You're fine. But what about the people? What about these people? What about people that can do that, right? They could have two beers feel great and go, oh, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go to bed. They don't, they don't keep going. But what about that same person that is out one night and doesn't stop and gets hammered and just keeps going or makes a bad mistake? Is that person an alcoholic? You know, what about that person that just, you know, they just went hard. They smoked some weed. Let's just say, um, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, somebody goes out there. Okay. They have two drinks at dinner. They feel good. They go home. They pass out. It's great. Then three and a half weeks later, they're out and somebody pulls out weed and they smoke weed or somebody pulls out a line of Coke and they're like, man, I never do this, but you know what? I'm going to do it. And then they drink all night and they get hammered. They can't stop boozing. And it's a whole thing like that. They feel like shit. They feel horrible. And then, and then time goes by and they don't, and then they don't do that again. And then three months later, they're back at the, you know, two glasses of wine or something like that. Like, that's what I want to know. Where is it a problem? Because I have friends that are binge drinkers that just keep going hard and don't stop. But also, you know, they and, and myself included, I can go hard and have, I could drink all night if I'm feeling good. If I have, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm home having a good time, I could just keep drinking whiskeys or keep drinking until I, you know, pass out or whatever. I mean, I don't do that a lot. But I can just, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't feel like stopping. I feel good. But then there are other times where I'm like, no, I don't need, I'm good. I'm good. Let me just, let me just stop. So that's what I want to know. And if anybody's an expert on this shit, please write into the show. Because I'm actually asking about this. I'm asking about this for myself. I'm asking about this for my friends. I'm asking about this for, you know, all of us who go out and and have fun socially, but then some who take it too far sometimes. I want to know where... Because I think there's an idea that if you're an alcoholic, you just, you can't have one drink and you keep going and you, you, you just, once you get it, it's a drug and you turn into this and that. I don't think that that's the case. And I think more people have alcoholism or have an issue with it than just the people that, you know. Now listen, there's definitely people that have a fucking problem, okay? There are people that maybe you know them, I know them. There are people that wake up in the morning and by lunchtime, they've had two or three drinks. They love to drink all day. And they're just basically full-fledged alcoholics, right? Or people that wake up. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, like me saying this, but I'm a big believer that weed and marijuana is not really good for you every day. I just, I have nothing against it. Um, you want to legalize it, it's fine. It's a plant. I get that. It's made me feel good. It's made my pain, if I have any pain in my back, it's made it go away. I like the body high more than the mind high. So I'm not trying to be one of these. I'm not trying to rain on your fucking weed 420 parade. All right, asshole. So calm the fuck down. I get it. But that being said, I think anything you do all the time, every day, you know, and I know weed heads who are fucking burnt out and they just, they're dumber. They just are. I don't care what anybody says. They're dumber. You know, there's a reason why your friend who smokes weed all the time sounds like this. Hey, dude, you want to let's hit that movie, man, and hit a diner. It's like, yeah, that that guy's brain has slowed down because he's killing his blood. I don't give is uh, he's killing his uh, brain cells. It just is is that. 
So I think waking up and smoking weed all day isn't good, and obviously waking up and drinking all day isn't good. I think the drinking hurts you more. But um, where is the line drawn? I've made some really bad mistakes. I've made some really bad mistakes where I just wanted the party to keep going. So I just kept drinking. You know, I just kept drinking. I felt like I could control it. I felt like I could control it. And then the next day I wake up and I pay for it and it sucks. But then there are times where I can have one or two drinks go, nah, you know what, I got a little buzz, I'm fine, I'm done with this, I'm good. And then I could just let so much time go by without drinking. I have access to booze in my house and at my job constantly. And I think being in entertainment or being in what I do, it's around you constantly more. Then it's just it's just easier. But I don't really take advantage of it. But then there's sometimes I go hard. What does that make me? Is that a binge drinker? And my friends too. Like, are we binge drinkers? Or you know, I don't consider myself an alcoholic. I don't. But if I'm wrong, I want to know. But I don't think so because I I don't crave it. I don't think about it. I don't. Um, I can go uh, weeks and months without a drink. And like I said, you know, I can I love like one or two glasses of wine and then I go to bed or I chill. But then there are times I go fucking in and I go hard. So what does that make me? Is that how you are? So I guess I want to know the difference between an alcoholic or if there's a difference between an alcoholic, a binge drinker, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know what it is. But I wanted to talk about that. So and I, I'm actually asking advice. So write in, hit me up, let me know what your thoughts are. And, uh, and we can go from there because uh, I'm very interested with that. I'm very interested where the mind can fight it and it's not an addiction or people that it just they just don't have the control over it and what the in-between uh, of that is. Let me get to this movie review, guys, I saw. Um, and by the way, uh, check out All Things Comedy, guys. Go to All Things Comedy. They're doing such a great job helping me promote my tour. They did such a great job with my um, just talking to me still with uh, clips getting released. By the way, check out my YouTube page. My YouTube page is growing. Uh, my YouTube clips are growing. There's going to be more clips being released from the I'll Say This special onto YouTube. So you can see that. Share them with friends. Tell your friends wherever they are to come out to a show. But All Things Comedy is doing a great job. You could follow them at All Things Comedy. Um, they got great shows on there. Great podcasts, albums, uh, specials, and all that stuff. So check them out. And uh, Capper Network, go to Capper Network, guys. Get up on that leaderboard. It's for your dude. I called it moments. It's the best sports prediction website that there is. Uh, it's not gambling. You just go there and you say, "Hey, I'm gonna," you know, you get a certain amount of units. I think this team's gonna win. And then if you get on a leaderboard, people could pay for your advice. You can also draft a capping team which means that the, all the best handicappers on there, you could do like a draft where you get them and they could help you make money. This is for novice gamblers. This is for, um, you know, experienced gamblers. If you're going to go to Vegas and you want to know what's going on, if you just want to have fun and see where you stand, all that stuff, pick it, prove it, profit <clears throat> on Capper Network. Those guys are great. So do that. And um, there's Lloydie right on cue, barking his head off. Guys, I saw The Dirt on Netflix. Uh, the Dirt is basically the Bohemian Rhapsody of Motley Crue. I don't know if that's the right thing. I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody basically in its entirety uh, in silence while my wife watched it on a plane with headphones on. And I was uh, just looking at the screen sometimes watching it. So it was almost as if I was um, like, a, yeah, I was like, like if I couldn't hear, but... I was just kind of going in my mind what I thought was happening. Um, she said it was great. I didn't see it, but I did see The Dirt. Shout out to my buddy Pete Davidson, who played Motley Crue's manager in The Dirt, and he did a good job in his role. Um, really interesting how Tommy Lee and Nikki Six um, got together. It was also really interesting how Nikki Six changed his name, and you know. But oh my God, dude, those guys were. I mean, you talk about, we talk about drinking, we talk about partying, when is it too much? Uh, if you guys saw that movie and then finding out that Tommy Lee, somebody said like, don't you think it's a little too much how it was with women and stuff like that? And Tommy Lee goes, no, that's what it was. That's how it happened. He's like, what do you want us to rewrite history? That's really what it was. I mean, it was nuts. These guys would literally just, these guys were partying. They were just doing blow constantly 
women around. It was like part the beginning of the movie is like a porno. Where like they just show like Vince Neil just like banging, just banging chicks in his green room and then just going on stage, like after having sex, just walking from his green room, like literally putting his pants up, walking from his green room, buckling his pants, going on stage in an arena. And then tearing it down to then just getting off stage and these guys are doing blow, having sex. Just like, they'll be like on the payphone talking to somebody and a fucking fan of groupie will just start blowing them while they were. I mean, it was, it was, these guys are doing, they all had their own drugs, like the bag of drugs that they wanted when they were like either on a, on a plane or on the road. Um, they would trash in hotel rooms and just throwing stuff and just like, the guy, like one of the, another manager of them was like, dude, I've worked with, you know, Van Halen, and I worked with the Scorpions, and I worked with this band and that band. Nobody gave us a harder time. Nobody was more wild than Motley Crue. Like I didn't realize that it was like that. Here's my review on the movie, though. I couldn't tell if this movie was phenomenal or kind of cheesy and corny. I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this just a cheesy kind of, or is this really good? But I have to tell you. It might be the latter because I was into it. I watched it. I was, um, I, I don't know. I was just geared towards like every scene. I was, it wasn't something where I wanted to like get up from it or stop watching it. I never got bored. So in that sense, it was just, you know, I mean, could it have been a little better if they, yeah, maybe. I mean, a lot of it was broad and like certain things would just happen quick and then move on to the next thing. And you're like, wait, I wish they dealt, you know, delve into that a little more. But for the most part, I thought it was uh, really, really good and entertaining. And I'm really not just saying it because my buddy was in it. Um, but Pete Davidson was was great and it has his fucking hair in it. It was really funny. Um, but check out The Dirt. I liked it. I didn't know too much about Motley Crue. Um, I didn't know uh, Home Sweet Home was their song. Um, and But yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, it made me almost anxious how the drugs and the partying, and, and how the lifestyle gets out of control. I mean, I'm a stand-up. I'm, I'm not even close to, you know, I've been on tour buses with my boys. We've drank. We've had a good time. The shit these guys were doing let me realize that I am a choir boy. We are choir boys. Okay, we have a couple of scotches, you know, occasionally maybe a little weed or vape pen, occasionally if the mood is right, if everything, you know, if the stars are aligned. These guys were just, I mean, it's incredible. At the end of the movie, Tommy Lee says or whatever, like, I can't believe we didn't end up in jail or dead. And the fact that all four of them didn't and the shit that they did and the way they drank and the way that they lived was insane. Um, And then there's some heartbreaking shit in the movie that uh, actually almost had me kind of crying. At the end, uh, there was some really horrible shit that happened, and uh, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, it was bringing tears to my eyes and, and kind of fucked me up a little bit, to be honest with you. But uh, I will say that if you are home chilling, you got nothing to do, you got a couple hours to kill before bedtime, and you just want to do that, I would, um, I would, I love how I called it bedtime, like I'm talking to my kids. You guys, you know, you have a little snack, you know, I'll tuck you in. No, but if, if you have if you have some time, I would uh, I would check out the dirt and just watch it because I think it gets you from the beginning, and it's pretty uh, it's pretty intense, and then the ending is really sad and you know and then at the end of the movie, they kind of like cut the screen in half and they show the real band, and then the actors who were in the band and the exact scenes, and I thought it was pretty pretty accurate pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I give it the thumbs up. I give it the, I give it the Verzi effect approval for sure. There you go. And I really didn't give anything away. Uh, but oh my God, man, it was just like, I don't know how you could, I don't know, like how, what do you do if you are single, not married and you're whatever twenties, right? Single, not married and twenties. And then just people are so nice to you and they're just giving you cocaine and trying to blow you like literally trying to blow you like hey you might can I take your pants down and blow you real quick like and you're just standing there it's like what like it's almost like what are these guys I'm not saying like are these guys just supposed to be like 
at 20 in the whatever it was in the 80s and kind of you know no no guidance and now broke and now all this money and all that stuff it makes you think like how how easy it could be how easy it could be to not i guess what i'm trying to say is how scary it is to make it that young or all of those things to make it before you're established and uh you know i feel like in in comedy and what i do um it's the same thing you get everything at 20, you know, a lot of scary things can happen, you know, uh, but if you could be more grounded and have like a, a foundation and kind of understand life a little bit, then you're able to, to deal with things. It's like, I almost, I always say this, I almost wish you had to go to college at like 25 or 30. Cause if you had to start college at 25 or 30, I would have been an A student and I would have crushed it. But the fact that I didn't like high school and I was told I needed to get an education. And then I'm 18 years old at some college where my family's not there. I could do whatever I want. There's parties. There's everything. There's freedom. For somebody like me that really didn't grow up in a structured, in too much of a structured family. And it was just like, and I literally lived a rock style life style in college. To the point where I remember... You know, I mean, I had a, that was my first breakdown. I had a breakdown, a, a mental breakdown. Um, it was like, it would be like going through what I went through in 2016, except as a kid who was doing drugs and drinking and getting crazy and didn't know where my life was going and didn't know that I would be a comedian at the time, although I loved, loved comedy and dreamed of it. Didn't know if that's something that I could do. Luckily, I got into comedy at 21 years old. You know, but um, when I was in college, probably because of my upbringing and stuff and, and, and things that I went through, um, the freedom that I had and just, I remember girls would be knocking on our door with kegs going, hey, we want to party. We got a quarter keg. You want to? I go, yeah. Weed and, and, you know, occasionally some other heavier drugs and, you know, just, it was just, and I was like, and I just finally, like my body, everything just shut down. I couldn't do it anymore. And I lost it. And uh, th that's what can happen to you, I guess, if you get the the fame and you blow up so young and all that happens to you. It's like, I don't blame these, these kids. Even those young kids, those Hollywood kids. You know, Macaulay Culkin and, and who else? Uh, Drew Barrymore was an alcoholic at like 14 because she was just around Hollywood. And she's at those Hollywood parties as a kid. And she's just drinking, getting hammered getting anything she wants, living that lifestyle. It's like she's lucky she didn't kill her. So everything in moderation, I guess. But I just find that shit, I find that shit fascinating. Um, let's get into sports. You guys listen to episode 395. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, check out the Patreon page uh, this week. Tell your friends about it. What else do we have to talk about? Sports. How about that game, guys? How about... University of Central Florida versus Duke. Did that game that game was everything you could have wanted. Zion Williamson scoring at the end, but then missing the foul shot. RJ Barrett puts it back with almost no time left. Duke is only up one. UCF's got the ball with enough time to score. They go up, it goes in and out of the rim. The guy taps it, it goes in and out of the, rolls out of the rim, and Duke ends up winning. They should have and could have easily lost by one, and they end up holding on. It was just an intense, intense, intense game, uh, and Duke ended up pulling it out at the end. So that was pretty nuts, and I'm looking forward to the Sweet 16. March Madness is great, but um, oh, my God, in and out of the rim. And it was just sick. Uh, if you don't like sports, you're probably like, all right, dude, you, you you lost me. I was into the whole drinking. Yeah. Can you go back to your nervous breakdown in college of you doing drugs and drinking as a teenager instead of talking about uh, Duke and Zion Williamson? I'm sorry. Okay. This is a multi-segmented podcast. Back off. You know how this, you know, if you've been listening, you know how the structure goes. Um, but no, that was uh, Yankees baseball starts Thursday, opening day, New York Yankees Thursday, 
Looking forward to it. That's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to the New York Knicks getting a top three pick and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I'm looking forward to that. What else? Uh, and that's it. Let's do some plugs, right? Get some plugs going here. Guys, where are my fans in Washington, D.C.? Where are the fans? I need tickets sold. I'm going to be there in May. I want to give you guys a great show. All right, please come out to that show. Please come out to the Tempe, Arizona uh, Improv. Uh, Let me give you guys the dates here. And some people were like confused because there was a flyer that said, I'm going to be there Thursday and Sunday. No, it's Thursday through Sunday. Okay, so uh, please do what the amazing people in New Jersey did and come out to... Why the... I swear to God, I have to go to Chrome to get shit done now on my computer. All right. Here we go, guys. Paul Verzi tour. Please check this out. Thursday. Next Thursday. A week from tomorrow. Wait, is today Wednesday? Yes. A week from tomorrow. April 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Tempe, Arizona Improv. April 11 through 13. I will be at the Punchline in Philly. Okay, I will be April 19th through uh, 19, was it? 18, 19, and 20. April 18, 19, and 20. I'll be at Raleigh. I'll be in Poughkeepsie May 3rd and 4th. I got Springfield coming up in May. And guys, the Washington, D.C. Improv. I'll be at Roar Comedy Club. I'm sorry, May uh, 9 through 11. And I will be at the Washington... DC Improv, May 16, 17, 18, and 19th. It's one of the the best comedy clubs that I've ever been to. I will tell you guys a great story. Oh, speaking of that, Bill Burr is calling here. Let's see what Bill says. Hey, Bill, what's up, man? I'm doing my podcast right now. You're live on the Verzi Effect. What's going on? (laughs) I can tell by the way you said, hey, Bill. I was like, what's going on with Verzi? Hey, Bill, welcome to the show. No, I'm just, um, I'm actually plugging some dates here. And uh, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How come I've never been on the Verzi Effect that I can remember? Maybe way back when. You were on the Verzi Effect like episode 200, but I got to get you back on this. Uh, I got to get you back on this. Um, but uh, I will, yeah, I'm going to give you a buzz back in like 10 minutes. I got something funny to tell you. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, go see Paul Verzi at the DC Improv in May. That's so that's so weird that you just said that because that's the date that I'm plugging right now. But uh, I'll hit you back in a bit, buddy. That's hilarious. All right. All right, bye. Dude, that was literally, I swear to God, guys, I'm not making this up. That was literally on cue with what I'm going to say. I swear to God. Um, that's crazy. In 2008, I was standing at Stand Up New York. Um, I'm at Stand Up New York. And I get a text message from Bill. And he goes, hey, dude, do you want to open for me in D.C. at the D.C. Improv? And I'm like, yeah. And I remember being there, and it was packed out, and everyone's talking about how great of a club it was. And, um, yeah, it was great. It was just insane. I remember being like, oh, my God. They like they were, like, into the setups. It was like, and I remember thinking this is one of the best clubs in the country. And now I am headlining it um, 11 years later. Uh, it's my turn, <laughs> and uh, I will be there uh, on the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. So, D.C., come out to that one. And I can't believe right as I was telling you that story, Bill Burr called to uh, called in. As I was literally going to tell that story, the phone starts beeping. There you go. So, if you're in Washington, D.C. improv, and you don't come to this one, Fuck off. I don't need you as a fan. Listen, you're going to tell me that you're in Baltimore or the Virginia area or not far and you're not going to You listen to the show and you're not going to come. Fuck that. My buddy Chris Lamberth, who's from Maryland, will be opening for me. It's going to be a great time. But there's a ton of guys. All, in all seriousness, there's a ton of dates. The tour is going great. The hour's coming together great. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to being to all these amazing places like Pittsburgh and and DC and Raleigh and and everywhere Boston, Rhode Island, Houston, so many different cities I'm going to be hitting up this year. So please come out, check me out. I really really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys listening to this. I need to go get to a meeting right now. So um, oh there we go. We're right at about an hour anyway. 
So send in anything to Unacceptables for TVE. Get ready if you're in the New York City, if you're in the the, the tri-state area, Jersey, or wherever. Come out to either. I'm going to give you the definite. So I know you're going to be like, Paul, we want to come out. We don't know where the fuck to go. Come out to either. Um, it's either going to be Gotham or or the cellar somewhere like that. I mean, who knows if it changes, but... Um, and the day and all that stuff is going to be either the three days that I told you, but will all be confirmed on my social media, on the, on the podcast. You guys will know well ahead of time. So please check that out. And, um, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care.